Ask Me MD, medical school for the real world, with the MD, Dr. DJ Verrett. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Ask Me MD, medical school for the real world. I'm Dr. DJ Verrett, and today we're talking commercial banking with Josh Burleson of Affiliated Bank. We'll talk to Josh right after this. One in three adults has prediabetes. That means it could be you, your best man, your worst man. <gasps> Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org to know where you stand. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to Ask Me MD, medical school for the real world. I'm Dr. DJ Verrett, and today we have the pleasure of talking with Josh Burleson of Affiliated Bank about commercial banking. Josh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on and I look forward to sharing more about commercial banking, affiliated bank and myself. Well, and, and I had you, I invited you on. You guys have been real helpful for me personally. Um, and I know when I've been doing commercial banking for the last 12 years, but when I got started and, and even along the way, I learned some things that are, that are fairly different from personal banking that I think uh, would be important for some of our physicians to learn. So to start with, though, can you give us a little bit of, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Certainly. Um, yeah, my name's Josh Burleson. I'm the director of commercial banking for Affiliated Bank. I've been in banking for a little over 15 years and been with Affiliated Bank for about three years. Um, share a little bit about Affiliated Bank. We're a community bank based in Arlington. We have locations in Fort Worth, Garland, Round Rock, Bedford. Um, and really one of the key things that makes us different and unique compared to say a Chase or Bank of America is we're a community bank in that we're, we're about 1.1 billion of assets, uh, but we're a community focused bank. Um, you know, we have about 200 employees and really where our niche and where we do the best job at serving clients um, is commercial clients. Um, all of our decision local making is local, um, and we also have a mortgage group and kind of the consumer finance side. So, just to give people an idea, you say one point one billion. That sounds like a really big operation, but in banking, that puts you on the smaller side, correct? That one point one billion that that puts us really kind of on the smaller, smaller, smaller side, especially compared to you know the Chase, B of A, Wells Fargo. Uh, Wells Fargo's here have national platforms, even the large regional banks are typically 25 billion to 50 billion. Um, as far as community banks, it probably puts us right in the middle. We're, we're not a small bank and, you know, 250 million of assets, but 1 billion of assets, that's a really good niche uh, size community bank. It gives us the capacity to do loans up to 10 to 15 million, um, but really our fairway um, loan size is really loans in that, you know, 500,000 to $5 million range is our, our typical type loan, which really covers about 95% of the market um, as far as small businesses and physicians that we focus on. You mentioned that your decision-making process is local and, and can you kind of take us through what you mean by that in the loan approval process and kind of how that works? Absolutely. Um, so our loan approval process comparative to, um, you know, a large national bank that they have very set parameters, processes to do it, which we have the same processes. Um, we have a lot of delegated authority out to the lending officers, including myself, that um, I can approve loans up to a million dollars just by myself. Um, and then really to do 
you know, loans up to 8 million, it only takes two additional signatures. Um, and it's the same individuals making the decision every time. It, it's not that we have a separate, you know, cr credit approval process in a different state. It's all local here in Arlington, Fort Worth and Dallas. Um, so it gives us a lot of flexibility. We know our customers um, very well. So in, in terms of commercial education, commercial banking education, I'm going to throw out a few terms for you. And if you could help us understand what they mean, I think it'll kind of provide a basis for some of the other discussion. Um, and, and the first one I would throw out there is uh, FICO score and how that affects commercial banking. Certainly. Uh, so FICO score is your personal credit score. There's, there's three major credit bureaus that give your personal credit score. Um, and so on commercial loans, comparative to say mortgages, we, we rely on the personal credit score, but, it, but it's not an ultimate decision makers. We, we use it as one of the many criteria when making a loan decision. Um, but typically on the commercial side loans, it's not strictly based on that. Comparative to say a mortgage, mortgages are highly driven by that personal credit score. Um, so we use it as one of the factors, but it's not a, a deciding factor. Now, I know a lot of people know about uh, HELOCs or home equity line of credits. Is there an analogous uh, lending uh, program for commercial businesses as well? Certainly. Uh, so HELOC, home equity line of credit, so that, that's a consumer product. Um, the individuals get just to have a line of credit against their house. Um, on the business side, kind of our comparative product and offering is we provide business lines of credit, um, business lines of credit anywhere in the size of 50,000 to, to really about 5 million or, or larger. Um, I always recommend for, for businesses to have a line of credit just because you never know when you may need it. And when you do need it, it's usually easier to get a line of credit when you don't need it versus when you actually do, do need it. Um, I just always think it's good to have a line of credit in place that says backup liquidity facility. Um, you know, especially if you look back over the pandemic over the last six months, if, um, if you had a line of credit set up prior to it, maybe you could, could use it to help you get through the pandemic. Um, so it's really a safety net and kind of an insurance, a little bit of an insurance policy um, to have in place. How exactly do lines of credit work? I mean, is it, uh, you, you sign up for a line of credit and you get a lump sum amount of money or is it uh, you get approved for a loan and then you simply take out money when you need it? How, how do they actually work? A line of credit, um, how it works, we, we, you know, we determine the line of credit amount, you know, visiting with, with the customer. And so we'll set up a line of credit, say, for example, $500,000. Um, we close the line of credit. It's like you're closing any other loan, um, but you do not you have it available, but you do not pay any interest on it unless you use it. Um, so if you never use it, there, there's not any interest. Um, and so when you do need it, you call the bank and we, we advance the line of credit and put it in your account and we can do it same day. So the, the next thing that often comes up in commercial lending are personal guarantees. Can, can you talk a little bit about what a personal guarantee is and, and what role it plays in commercial lending? Certainly. Um, Typically, when we do a line of credit or equipment or a building loan, we'll make that loan to a business entity, an LLC, a professional liability corporation, Inc., whatever that may be. Um, so the actual company is the borrower. And so what we also rely on in our underwriting and what we typically ask for 
is a personal guarantee from the owners of that company. And what that personal guarantee does, it really does two, kind of two primary functions. One, it helps provide financial support. So if something happens with the business, we know the owners of the business will stand behind the loan. Um, and, and two, you know, it kind of helps if, it, again, if something goes, does not go as planned, the owners do not just walk away, that they help, you know, help us work through whatever that situation may do. do. Um, so personal guarantees are important to us and all banks, um, just because we want our interests aligned with the companies and, and the owners of the business. And usually we're talking about, with personal guarantees, we're talking about smaller companies where they're maybe a, a small physician practice or there are two or three physicians or a small LLC, maybe owned by one person, not a company that would be fully autonomous on its own and, and operating without kind of a key man, correct? Certainly, certainly. So typically in the small and smaller business loans, um, there are personal guarantees. Once you get up into larger commercial loans, corporate loans, um, a lot of those loans are not personally guaranteed, but there's a large enterprise that stands behind it that if, you know, one individual or two individuals was no longer part of that organization, the organization could, could uh, continue on its own. Another term I see quite often, especially when, when talking about interest rates on loans, is a LIBOR. Can you tell us what that is and, and how that affects uh, more business loans than, than, say, residential loans? Certainly. LIBOR is the London, Inter, uh, London, London Interbank Overnight Rate. And so that is just one of the indexes that banks use to price loans. Um, so, for example, LIBOR today is about 50, 15 basis points. Um, so typically a bank will say LIBOR plus 3%. And so that may be a rate of 315. It's just one of the indexes that banks use. Um, you know, one thing to note, LIBOR is going away in the next couple of, couple of years. Um, it's being slowly faded out um, over the next two years. And there's going to be some other indexes banks you will use to price loans. One of the other most common indexes um, banks use and we primarily use is Wall Street Journal Prime, um, which is just a rate that's published um, published by the banks in the Wall Street Journal. When, when I work with commercial banks, they also have treasury management departments. And that was kind of an interesting concept to me. Um, can, you, can you explain what treasury management is from a banking perspective? Certainly. Um, so we, we have the standard deposit products, you know, standard checking accounts, online banking. Um, but many of our companies, especially physicians and larger companies, they have unique and special needs on the deposit side. Um, for example, ACH. For physicians in particular, majority of their payments come in ACH from the insurance providers. Um, so the treasury, treasury management is a, has a higher sophistication, uh, more in-depth online banking platform that really helps um, companies and physicians manage um, their deposits. Um, you know, another example is remote deposit. Um, you know, branches are branches are going slowly going away, and so we have the ability to put a machine in the office um, of a business, and they can deposit checks remotely from from their office. Um, also, on Treasury Online, it provides more in-depth reports and reporting um, versus just the standard online banking. Can can we talk a little bit? You know, I think a lot of people are familiar with home mortgages. They probably have had a home mortgage at some point or gone through the process. 
but commercial lending is is quite different than home mortgages. Can we talk a little bit about the process of commercial lending and and how it differs than than home mortgages? And and I'm sorry, by commercial lending, I mean for a real property as compared to a home mortgage. Oh, certainly, certainly. A, a home mortgage, you know, probably the most unique thing about a home mortgage or what makes it different from commercial lending um, is it's a consumer loan that is highly regulated. And what, what the regulators have done, if they've really tried to work and make that a uniform process throughout all banks. So what, whatever bank you're applying for, the underwriting standards, the criteria, it's a very uniformed approach um, between all banks. Whereas on commercial lending, um, each bank really has more, a lot more flexibility and the, the ability to set their own standards, own criteria for what type of commercial loan, you know, real estate, real estate loan they'd like to make. It, it doesn't, you know, a mortgage, they want a mortgage to fit perfectly into a box, whereas um, commercial lending, we just have a lot more flexibility on real estate loans. And part of that comes from the, the sale and secondary markets, correct? Absolutely. Um, and on the on mortgages, there's really kind of two primary type mortgages, and we do both of them. Um, it's the mortgages that get sold in the secondary market to investors. So the investors, when they buy mortgages, they like everything to be standard, standardized, everything fit in a box. And, and those are the mortgages that investors buy. And those have the best rates, um, which mortgage rates today are below 3%, um, which is kind of why, the, why that mortgage product has to be standardized. One thing we do as a community bank that's kind of unique, we, we do those secondary secondary mortgages um, on the market, but we also do portfolio mortgages. And the primary difference between a secondary mortgage and a portfolio mortgage, um, we have more flexibility to underwrite mortgages that we hold on our own balance sheet and that we can set more of the criteria um, and have more flexibility. So kind of, for example, a lot of our portfolio loans are business owners um, that maybe their income changes year to year for whatever reason, maybe capital gains, um, where they can't perfectly fit in that box to go in the secondary market, but it's still a very good mortgage. We'll originate the mortgage and we'll hold it on our own balance sheet. And that's what you mean by portfolio mortgage is that instead of reselling the loan, the bank actually keeps it and services that, that loan until it's fulfilled, correct? Correct, correct. We, we keep the loan, we service it. Um, we do not sell it on the secondary secondary market. We talked a little bit about uh, commercial lines of credit and and real estate loans. Are there other uh, loan type vehicles that banks that that banks such as yourself would work with commercial um, commercial entities on? And and we hear a lot about physician loans where there are lower um, lower down payments on the loans. Talk to us a little bit about some of the variety of loans that you can put together. Certainly. Uh, you know, we, we have the, the standard commercial real estate loan, which typically with physicians, we can be more aggressive um, as far as, you know, down payments, for example, because typically physicians um, have very high recurring income and salaries. And so it helps us maybe have less of a down payment um, and a lot more just on, you know, the, the income. Um, we have lines of credit, equipment financing. We also provide SBA financing. Um, so SBA is a unique and a good tool for, you know, especially physicians that may be starting out or want to make a real estate purchase. SBA provides, you know, some flexible terms. There's really two products, the SBA 7A, um, 
which, you know, for example, on a building loan, that's typically 90% loan, loan to value, loan to cost on a 25-year amortization. And then we also offer a loan called an SBA 504 loan, um, which allows long-term financing on real estate. And what makes that product really unique and special, um, you know, the fixed rate, those rates today on an SBA 504 loan is about 3.5% to 4% for 10 years. Um, so the rates on that product are just really at all-time lows at this point. Um, so we offer SBA loans, commercial real estate loans. We also have a private bank, which kind of the private bank is really focuses on more the individuals. Um, it's not the consumer side, but it's really just the private bank that provides lots of different services, um, especially to physicians or a lot of our customers in that group. And when we're talking about those kinds of loans, they can be secured or unsecured, correct? And, and- Kind of explain what that means, if you would. Certainly. Um, so a secure loan, it's secured by the real estate, equipment, accounts receivable. Um, but quite often, we'll do an unsecured line of credit. And, and just in the unsecured line of credit, there's no collateral behind it. It's purely based on uh, the company and or the guarantor. You mentioned uh, a 25-year amortization. Um most people are in dealing with personal loans, more home mortgages, the amortization and the repayment period end up being the same, but that's not always the case with commercial loans. Can you explain the the difference between repayment period and amortization and how that kind of works? Certainly. Um, Between the repayment, typically banks will do um, a maturity of five to 10 years on the loan that the amortization may be longer. So for example, if it's a commercial real estate, the bank may do an amortization of five to 10 years, say a 10 year maturity and a 25 year amortization. And what that means is the end of year 10, for example, um, the company has to you know, refinance it or the bank has to renew that loan for a longer maturity. Whereas a mortgage, it's a 30 year, you know, 30 year term, 30 year amortization, there's, there's no maturity. And when you say amortization, can you can you go a little bit more in depth about the calculation involved there? Um, you know, because when when you look at the since the amortization and the repayment are the same in in mortgages and home mortgages that people would be familiar with, that that's not quite the same process. Even though the payments may look like it's a thirty year loan, that's not how it works all the time in commercial lending. Correct. 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 The, the payments may be made, you know, you know, the payments are based on a say 25 year amortization. Um, but the note at the end of, for example, five years or 10 years, it matures and it has to be hundred percent of that note balance has to be paid off. Um, and so what typically happens in those cases is either a, the bank, you know, refinances, renews it for another five to 10 years, or the borrower has to pay that loan off. Um, through refinancing it with another bank or, or through personal means. When, when you're looking at commercial lending, um, you know, the, the, again, most people I think are familiar with the mortgage process and what documentation is needed. In commercial lending, though, it can be a little bit different. Walk us through kind of the initial application process and what that looks like for commercial lending. Certainly. Um, so kind of the initial process is our typical process is we, you know, we'll meet with the customer 
learn about the business, learn about what they're looking for. Um, and they'll provide us with a, with a loan application and all the financials. Um, and we'll go through the financials with the company, determine what they need, what they're trying to look for, what, what we're trying to help them with. And then we'll issue a term sheet, which outlines all the terms, um, you know, interest rate, amortization, um, personal guarantees. We'll issue them a term sheet of what we're proposing, how to finance, um, finance the, the building or the equipment or the line of credit. And then once they're, you know, kind of approve the term sheet for us to move forward, you know, we'll go into a full underwriting and approval process. Um, you know, typically timeline, typically it's about a 30 day process for us to, you know, completely underwrite and approve a loan. And when you talk about financials, you're, you're in, in the smaller practices in particular, you're talking about both the personal finances of all of the owners, as well as the business finances, correct? Correct. Correct. We'll ask for all the financials on the business and then we'll ask for a, a personal financial statement and personal tax returns. In my experience in, in dealing with community banks, which has been great, is uh, oftentimes for additional loans, the process ends up getting a lot easier and quicker because the relationship's been built and, and those financial statements are fairly current and, and updated every year, correct? Correct, correct. Um, you know, we, we can move, once we have a relationship and we have all the information and files and file, if there's a follow-on request, um, you know, maybe an increase in the line of credit or a new equipment loan or a new building loan. We already have that relationship um, and know that person. And we have all the financials and we have all the business entity documents. Um, so we can move much quicker once we already have an existing relationship. Josh, is there anything else that we missed in our discussion that you think our physicians would be interested in? Um, I would say just just because this is so important right now and been a hot topic for the last six months, it'd be PPP, Payroll Protection Program. Um, we affiliated bank, we, we really went on the offense with it and we are very successful in the program. We did over 1,600 loans um, for, for about over $200 million of PPP loans. Um, that forgiveness process is now coming up. So just be aware of that, be in contact with your bank about the PPP forgiveness. Um, and more importantly, and something that we're really following very closely is there's been several pieces of legislation proposed in both, both the House and the Senate for there to be another round of PPP funds. Um, I think it's very likely that there's going to be another round of PPP funds. And what that looks like, it's um, most likely is where it seems like it's going is, you know, there's going to be another round of PPP and it'll be available to those businesses that were highly impacted by, by COVID. Um, one of the tests that has been proposed is that if revenue is down between 25 and 50%, you can qualify for another PPP loan. Um, I think it's very likely to get passed. It's just taking much longer than, than what we like, just with the, with the election coming up in politics, everything's taking much longer. But I do think there's gonna be another round of PPP um, later this year. Um, you know, for, for example, physicians and physician practices who they were shut down for 90 days, I would think it's very likely they could qualify for another PPP loan. Josh, thanks for joining us. A lot of useful information. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We've been talking with Josh Burleson of Affiliated Bank about commercial banking. You're listening to Ask Me MD, medical school for the real world. I'm Dr. DJ Verrett. Until next time, make it an awesome week. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ask Me MD, Medical School for the Real World with Dr. DJ Verrett. If you have a question or an idea for a show, send us an email at questions at askmemdpodcast.com. 